Welcome back to Matt. Oh, wrong podcast. Holy <laughs> shit. That's awesome. Uh, it's a good thing this is the minute that has the I am tired line. <laughs> and now there's an airplane going over my house. Cool beans. Growler Media presents Joe versus the Minute. Joe versus the Minute, the Movies by Minute podcast analyzing the Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan movie, Joe versus the Volcano. I'm Tierney Steele, and not with me as always is Jarf, but got Jerry Porter back today. How's it going from the Indiana Jones uh, Minute? You saved my tuchus last time with your volcanoes. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Now we're back for the rest of this conversation. This is Minute 38, which begins with Marshall explaining that clothes make the man. I think we covered that. We're good. And it ends with Joe telling Marshall his plans for the evening. So this is... This is the minute where Marshall actually moves into the back seat and they start talking and I think Joe's befuddlement is adorable because I think we've established that this is that character. He's just like, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, what's interesting is in the previous minute, Marshall very much distances himself and he sets a boundary, right? He's like, I'm tired and I'm not going to help you find out who you are. And, you know, he changes his mind. What's fascinating is the beginning of this minute, he says, you know, he's tired. He's not going to help Joe find out who he is. And then he says, I don't want to know who you are. Which seems to go one step past, you know, I am i don't get paid to help you find out you are. He says, I don't want to know who you are. And like, for some reason, it just got, there's something, there's something more personal and almost nasty about that line. And I, I wonder why it went there or why he takes it there. And then what's really interesting is that, you know, a few seconds later, Marshall completely changes his mind and he says, I'm going to join you in the back seat, which is basically his way of of saying, well, this is personal, but in in a good way. Basically, I'm going to do you a solid here. And I'm wondering what happens. What does he see? So I'm going to put on my rose-colored glasses, which let's face Mm -hmm. it, I never took off, and say, because the other part of that line where he says, I don't want to know, is he says, it's taken me, what did he say, 20 years, whatever it is. It's he taken says, me he says my whole long, life. My he whole my life whole to life. figure out who I am and I am yeah. tired. What I like is, so you were saying like, he's put this distance between them and he says, I don't want to know. I'm tired from figuring myself out and I don't have the energy to help you. And I think because he says that, maybe Marshall thinks, I've gone a little too far. This poor guy, he didn't ask for that. That was kind of mean. And that's when the change happens. That's when he decides, you know what? Karma can be a bitch. I'm going to help this guy. But what's interesting is then that would that would seem like Marshall is still figuring out who he is because he you know he even changes course in the middle of that sentence you know he changes his thoughts even after he speaks it so it's 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 like he's still figuring out who he is i want it to be some sort of like self-actualization like once he said it out loud he was like oh that's not who i am right right but that's what's interesting is he he still says things that quote is not who he is or he's, st- he's still nipping and tucking who he is. He's still making these on-the-spot improvisational adjustments. Because humans are 
fallible until they achieve full enlightenment and move on to a higher or, plane. <laughs> what's What's interesting is he says, you know, he says it's taken him his whole life to find out who he is. And so I'm wondering then, did he buy the outfit that he's wearing now yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh my God. Like was hit like was last week he was fully dressed in tennis whites. You know what I mean? Or maybe maybe he had like a a long tan trench coat or something and and like, you know, he, he, who who knows, but now he finally like as of this moment, you know, which is as, as far as he's gone in his own life that now he knows who he is and so like he went out maybe maybe this morning and bought that outfit and he's like this this fits. This is correct. I don't want you to be right, but I respect how you got there. (laughs) (laughs) So I just have to point out to the world the beauty of, well, this is Yahoo, not Google, but whatever. I searched Aussie Davis because I wanted to make sure that I had up. So I was like, let's talk about how awesome this guy is because I love Marshall. Another reason why I don't want him to have just figured this all out in the past 24 hours. But I was also really glad that I got to know this actor from a young age so that I could be excited when I saw him in anything for the rest of my life. And I just have to say that when you put in Aussie Davis in Yahoo on the sidebar where it does the little like Wikipedia blurb and then movies and TV shows, has people also search for. Ruby D makes sense. She was his wife. They performed together, blah, blah, blah. Malcolm X makes sense. Civil rights activist spoke at his funeral. Burt Reynolds. Really? Didn't see that coming as the third person searched for. I did. You know what? And I should know. So what is that connection? I don't know. I'm and then what? it's just the search, so it's not like it says why it's, you know, if I click it, it just brings up the search on Burt Reynolds. Huh. So, it, I mean, not to knock Burt Reynolds in any way, but I just was really surprised that is not what I saw coming. Yeah. It's in, in Sam Whiskey? Does that make sense? Sam mm. Whiskey. With Burt, in 1969, with Burt Reynolds... Angie Dickinson, Clint Walker, Ozzie Davis, a widow hires an ex-gambler to retrieve gold bars, dot, dot, dot. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I, I guess that's the it. The man did a lot in his life, and I didn't yeah. expect that to be so high up. <laughs> I didn't either. No, I, I, was, I, I remember first seeing him in Do the Right Thing, and, you know, he, he's, he's incredible. I mean, he's incredible. I, I agree with you. Every time I see him, I'm happy to see him, and I, I didn't even know that he was in this movie until I was watching it, and I was like, oh, Oh my God, it's amazing. Everybody in this movie, I I think, is terrific. You know, I think Tom Hanks, he's incredible. And he's he's very Tom Hanksy. But what's interesting is I feel like this is 1990, so he's not fully Tom Hanksy yet. <laughs> this is kind of when he's getting Tom Hanks, which is basically he has a certain innocence and kind of like he's searching and... Uh, well, he's just very likable, kind of like no matter where you are. And it's in, perfect you know. for Joe Banks. Yeah. And I, I thought about this. Why is his name Joe Banks? Like, what, what's the what's the symbolism behind his name, Joe Banks? I feel like Jarf would have some long quote from John Patrick Shanley explaining exactly how he came up with the name. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't me. <laughs> hmm. 
I thought, well, obviously, first of all, Joe, you know, he's an average Joe, right? He, in a way, can be an everyman who's trudging through their drab workday and they're they're looking for some meaning and they feel like they've lost their way, which, you know, that, that happens to everybody at some time. But I also thought, like, you know, the bank's part, I was like, well, he's invested all his misery and he's about to cash in, you know, that for happiness. Ooh. Oh, my God, that's beautiful. Oh, <laughs> Well, thank you. That really works. I just got songs from Mary Poppins stuck in my head. That's great. <laughs> He's been stacking misery for the last four years at least, right? Mm-hmm. And he thinks he's about to, you know, quote unquote cash in. Right. But as we right. all know who have seen the end of this movie, no, he's not. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I like that. I'm not coming up with anything better than that. And Jarf, if there is some long, super boring reason, like his college roommate's last name was Banks, don't tell me. <laughs> don't want to know. <laughs> so what did you think of the movie overall? You know, I uh, I didn't know anything about it. I mean, I I, I knew it of the movie. It flew under the radar. Yeah, I knew it had like a, you know, a bit of a cult following. And when I saw the, you know, the poster and the pictures, that sort of thing, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember this movie. Like, I remember when it came out. I thought the movie was great. I did. I thought the movie was great. You know, it's it's stylized, but it's it's very well done. I mean, Tom Hanks is lovable Tom Hanks, and he's a stupendous actor. I like his character. It's, you know, kind of a, a, a lot of the treatment of the movie, how they set things up is, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's not without its faults, and it's got a lot of silliness. <laughs> And I could see, you know, certainly it has a lot of problems. Look, uh, Abe Vigoda is going to show up and it's going to be a whole thing. And I yeah. know. <laughs> I know. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's all sorts of problems. I'm glad that that's your problem and that my problem. <laughs> we had to deal with this in Temple of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> And all sorts of stuff. So, you know, some of these movies, you know, are, are not, uh, do not age well. <laughs> no. Oh, God. What did I, I went to go see something and it was set in, oh, not India, maybe Pakistan, something like that. And it was like a 50s or 60s movie. And there was someone and we were all like, she was amazing, though. I wonder how they found her. And the, we were looking it up on IMDb at dinner afterwards. And all of a sudden, Jamie looked up at me and goes, no, guys, she was Italian. Oh, no. <laughs> they just completely pan made her up to be, oh, Southeast Asia. Just like, oh, no. It's ruined. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. So, yeah. You would think by 1990, they would have figured out that maybe this wasn't a good look. But it's. It's still taking a while. <laughs> yeah, it's still taking a while. You know, I, I thought Abe Bogota was... Uh, I didn't fully understand his character and why he decided... Like, was he... It almost seemed like he was in on the whole conspiracy thing. Because mm. he was very... Yeah, I'm not saying he was, but he was Keep very... An eye on him? Well, he was just very dismissive. He was kind of like for, for well, what was it, once every hundred years or something, they're supposed to have the sacrifice to the volcano, wasn't it? I think it was. Yeah. That. So this is a big deal. You know what I mean? As a matter of fact, many, you know, a few generations might, might live and they would never even see the sacrifice to the volcano. And yet Joe comes up and, you know, they greet him. And granted, they put lays around him. And he's like, we're gonna, Dad, tonight we're going to have a big feast. You know, but he's very dismissive as the whole thing. He's like, all right, and then you're going to walk up to the volcano and then they'll, you know mm -hmm. and then you know they you know they're like hey would you marry us and he's like Ugh, all right okay <laughs> you're married tired. <laughs> yeah and you're just kind of like he doesn't match what should be the the gravity of the occasion 
of the yeah. ceremony, of the symbolism of what this all means, of the fact that the volcano is actually, you know, once the sacrifice is performed and Joe jumps in, the entire island and their 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 culture is going to be saved. You know, he and he's they, the opposite like, of that. This generation would have grown up being like, "Whoa, guys, it's our generation." You right, know, like right. like baby boomers in America. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. we're going to be the guys that get it done. And to some extent, the other islanders are taking it very seriously. Not in every single scene, obviously, but 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 they're showing up with a certain reverence or respect, that sort of thing. And then you know the chief comes out, and he's just he's just like an anti vibe. It's funny because that matches Abe Vigoda, but it doesn't necessarily. I was wondering what they're doing with the character. Like, why did they draw yeah. him that way? He's kind of like, eh, I guess we got to do this. So uh, now's your time. All right. He's he's comical, but I don't know how much of it matches the story. That'll be interesting to see what's on the page and what was once Abe Vigoda started delivering these lines. They were like, oh, you know what we can do with this guy. Sure. One thing I thought was really interesting is when the boat, mm-hmm. you know, uh, capsizes and goes down and like a big uh, sinking. A typhoon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> typhoon. And then at the end, when the island. <laughs> like is totally gone right all right so if any of our listeners are physics majors i want you to start stocking up on booze now because it's not <laughs> going to make any sense <laughs> so both the boat and the island you know kind of fall into the ocean and are destroyed and what's fascinating to me is in both of those instances you have joe and meg ryan right and those are the only two people left and you're like we've just experienced mass death like cataclysmic destruction and death like the entire culture of this this lone island that had a a unique culture right wasn't it like the the celts and (laughs) yeah it's like celts jewish yeah, was, it, was May, it maybe? Uh, yeah, Tahitian. Because <laughs> you, you know, it was, it was a sort of a once in a lifetime, you know, syncretism of all these different cultures and and uh, amalgamation, and you go, wow, what a fascinating place. <laughs> and, then, and then they're just instantly <laughs> <Bye>. gone. <laughs> yeah, and there's kind of no recognition. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. How you'd have a happy, you know, I dig. You can't Memory have a happy says, ending. Like, isn't this beautiful? <laughs> Right, right. It's like, you know, and and the same happened on the boat, too. You're like, mm. well, like, what about Dagmar? Dagmar's dead. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, so he looks really sad as he tells her everyone else went down, like, and that's it. And then they move on. Yeah, which it made me think that the entire movie, uh, you know, is a dream. Mm. Because that, that would make sense in a dream, you know, if, if the entire... <laughs> Your island, you know, falls that into the ocean. Yeah. yeah, I kind of wondered. And and obviously the, the movie, watching it for the first time, you know, the movie very much has some, you know, it's stylized. It has some dreamlike qualities, much like you said with the, the lamp. You know, when you do see these scenes later and the, the moon is, you know, you know, 75% of the sky or whatever, you know. Well, that would have um, been awesome to see on a big screen. <laughs> yeah. And even just like how the luggage keeps popping up, which is really funny. But you're like, there's something dreamlike about that. Mm-hmm. I guess, Magical I guess, trunks. I guess, yeah, I guess it's it's very fairy tale-esque. Oh, save it for Friday. Save it for Friday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to us back to this limo in this bucolic park that they have pulled over in to discuss 
the fact that clothes make the man and they inform who you are. And Joe tells Marshall he's going on a long trip. So I do like that Joe does not, I mean, this continues into the next minute, but Joe never tells Marshall like the end game here. Yeah. No, no, he doesn't. I'm going on a journey. I'm going on a trip. I have an opportunity. Oh, I have an opportunity to buy some clothes. Huh. What a dream to us like money is no object. <laughs> yeah. Just just being driven around in a white Rolls Royce. Can buy whatever you want. I mean, I already uh, previous guests asked what we would do if we were given four gold credit cards in 1990 in Manhattan <laughs> and told you've got 24 hours before you get on a plane. Have at it. And I was like, oh, man, I don't even need to time travel or put myself back. Just 1990 gold credit cards. I'm going to FAO Schwartz and live in the big dream. Like... <laughs> Wow, that's incredible. No that's doubt in my answer. mind. Yeah, going to FAO short. Yeah, wow. We used to go into the city. Well, we went in the city multiple times a year, but we would always go and see the Christmas windows. And then I would drag my parents into FAO shorts and take the escalators up and be like, can I please have a life-size stuffed animal? And then my mom would have to look at me and be like, no. <laughs> no, I know we're in a three-story. T- I guess it was only two stories, but like one of them is a double, a three-story tall toy store. But didn't they have a? Did they have an Ark of the Covenant there with all the animals? I can't remember. Oh. I wonder if maybe that's when I I visited there once, and I think I think they may have had like a kind of an Ark of the Covenant vibe with all these animals. Uh, I and I'm sorry, not the Ark of the Covenant cheese. The uh, Noah's the, Ark. Yeah, Noah's Ark. I feel like uh, I, I can Sunday imagine school a, and it's. Uh, There's a a nun smacking me across the mouth right now. (laughs) Sorry, Sister Marie. A nun just burst into your apartment. Like, I sensed it. (laughs) That's because we're always talking about the damn Ark of the Covenant (laughs) on my show. Can you call it the damn Ark of the Covenant? (laughs) Is that even... (laughs) Like, not to get too deep into semantics, but... (laughs) Yeah, no, I was absolutely enamored, convinced that was the greatest place on Earth. I mean, Manhattan as a whole was pretty great, but if you had to pick a locus for me, that was it. And so, yeah, the, the idea of unlimited money's no object is... Very appealing. And then he says he's going to go out on the town tonight. And uh, you know what I like? He says, uh, nice places. And he says, I hope so. I like that. Like, Joe is a very, I want to say, like, honest person. Like, I hope so. I don't know. You see me in the back of your car with my ukulele. Like, I'm doing the best I can. Right, right, right. Well, and he still does it. I mean, he's still figuring it out. He's at the, the very beginning of all this stuff, you know? Yeah. Is at the very beginning of, uh, of of finding out who he is. I feel like there should be a musical cue that I could drop here, but I can't think what it would be. <laughs> beginning of finding out who you are. There's, uh, we'll figure it out. We're going to go shopping for some clothes. Money is no object. Aussie Davis is amazing. So is Ruby D, obviously. I am using past tense because he did pass away. Also, spoiler alerts, his character passes away in Grumpier Old Men and just like get your tissues ready because it's a whole thing. I just like zoom past and it's a picture of him and Ruby when they're really young and it's absolutely gorgeous. Oh, that's the other thing. He's wearing his uniform and it reminds me that I was very excited to learn that Aussie Davis not only served in the military, was a medical technician. I did a podcast on the movie MASH. Boom! 
It's all connected. Yeah, I saw that. Very interesting life. He's an absolutely fascinating guy. We could do hours and hours just talking about this guy, but I'll just go with, yeah, I saw this movie young, and so in my mind, this was just, you know, Marshall espousing wisdom. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, no, I feel like we covered uh, quite a bit here. Usually I'm all about the transitions and I'm like the queen of moving between segments and I'm just not doing very well at that on this podcast so far, but we're only, oh, we're almost 40 minutes in. I should probably get it together soon. <laughs> this is the part of the show where I let Jerry plug his podcast. <laughs> oh, sure. Well, we do uh, with the Indiana Jones movies, what you guys are doing with this movie. You know, we take them all one minute at a time. And, and right now we're on, uh, we're recording Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So the fourth installment. And we've been doing this for about four years. You know, if anybody's interested in Indiana Jones and if Adventure has a name and all that stuff, uh, they can find <laughs> us at indianajonesminute.com. And we're also on Facebook. We have a like a sort of a, a listeners group. It's Indiana Jones Minute and the Listeners Crusade. And it's a lot of fun. A lot of uh, ridiculous theories about Indiana Jones and a lot of pertinent facts about Indiana mm-hmm. Jones, too. I'm always happy to see, like, everybody comes together and they just throw random things up, whether it's an old picture from Raiders of the Lost Ark and the filming of or you know, some factoid about the Last Crusade or just, uh, you know, starting a fight about Converse versus Vans. (laughs) It's fun. We're multifaceted. (laughs) I would recommend listening to Back Seasons. It's a great time. They're completed so you can binge them at your leisure, but I do not recommend listening to them back to back to back while you're at work because at the end of the day, your coworkers will hate you because you've been giggling the entire time (laughs) and you will talk in one of the guy's cadences and it's very disorientating. <laughs> Who is that? Because if you, that I listen, the, Tom, I had to Tom's? binge Raiders to catch up with um, before Temple started when I first found. Because I joined the whole movies by minutes things later, and all of a sudden, because oh, my, my dad's originally from Illinois and had lived out there and stuff, and went to school in Indiana, and I forget what I said, and he was just like, "Have you been hanging out with Midwestern?" Because he knows I pick up accents and stuff, and he was just like, "What's going on here?" That's really why funny. Your, why do your A's sound weird all of a sound, sudden? Yeah, the, the long A, the Midwestern A. Yeah. The best was the summer. I My best friend was from Swindon, England, and I picked up some of her accent and she picked up some of mine. And by the end of the summer, we didn't sound like anyone else other than each other. <laughs> we invented bunch, our own. <laughs> bunch of waponies. Yep. Yeah. No, it... It truly was. So thank you so much for coming on and telling us about what you thought of the movie. But I'm still going to drag you back for one more minute because I really want you to get out of this limo. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no problem. Be happy to. All right, listeners, we will be back on Friday. And in the meantime, you can catch us at growlermedia.com just links to all the episodes or on Facebook at Joe versus the minute listeners luggage raft. It is a closed group, but it's, you know, keep out the sunglasses and robots. And <laughs> Unless you're a robot, that's a chief sentence. In which case, come talk to us. We'll figure it out. <laughs> all right. And this is usually when Jarf says, has some intro and he says, and tyranny, where will, what will our destination be? And then I mess him up by saying, not away from the things of man, of course. Wait for the thinkings of man. I'm gonna be so mad I said it right. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't know. I don't know.
Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler. 